on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, we got our dads talking for us. Sion Williamson's stepfather clears the air to some degree about his whereabouts. Plus, we've got the Saints trading up in the draft. We've got home development in New Orleans East and a woman stealing a car to go to prison. That and so much more. Stick around right here. Okay. Gush. Come everyone to Poke and Kush. It is Wednesday, April 6th, 2022. And I just blew out your eardrums. What you say, Mr. Andrew Polk? It's a loud ringing sound. <laughs> uh, my entire hearing is totally jacked up after spending uh, like 10 hours in the Superdome over uh, the last three days. And it was freaking loud in that place uh, for the final four games. It was a great deal of fun. But, yeah, I feel like my brain is kind of uh, mushed together right now. Well, it seemed like a lot of fun. You had what looked to be incredible tickets. Yes. Um, you were there uh, wearing a UNO hat for Coach. Uh-huh. I was repping. That's fantastic. <laughs> UNO repped a little bit. I saw St. Hilaire in the slam dunk uh, yeah. competition. He was also Xavier. in some other all-star game. I don't know. He was around, so that was cool. That was a good opportunity for... Uh, for those guys, but yeah, man, it was just cool to have that in the city. It really made it feel very, uh, it made the city feel big for a couple of days. It was nice that there were no incredible disasters while it was here. The <laughs> yeah. Superdome, I believe, had power the entire time. <laughs> uh, they had generators up and running uh, for most of it as backup. The lights did not come down at any point uh -huh. during the halftime show. Not Beyonce, but close. Yeah, it yeah. Was the Chiwis. <laughs> Actually, the Southern Band on Monday, which was awesome. Oh, that's great. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was very cool uh, to have it here. It seemed like most people had a very good time. It was very relevant, Final Four. Uh, big teams, big names, big everything. Uh, so that was great, man. And and it we got good weather for the most part. It just was a nice... That's the first real big sporting event since covid for sure the first one you know of like a big natural stasher since the super bowl like six years ago man i mean it's, it's been, been a, a minute since new orleans had a really really big sporting event like that and uh yeah man that dome was packed i mean freaking packed and it is an underrated sausage fest in that place the line for the men's room is like 250 people deep and zero at the women's room damn that's uh reverse sexism it really i was like did they... it too good for too long <laughs> i was like did you guys build the same square footage for men's and women's rooms in the superdome it's always the reverse it's always the crazy women's line and then men are you know peeing everywhere like the animals we are yeah so nice for us to get a little taste of our own medicine for once yeah superdome not traditionally a great basketball place, but did anyone give a shit? Was it set up differently? Did you notice you had million dollar seats? Yeah, I'm a little. Uh, I was a little spoiled, so it's hard to say. But you know, I walked up and down. So they put 
risers on top of the the plaza level. So on top of the lower level, they built stands. So it wasn't the traditional like football setup. They built it on top of it so it was steeper and the seats were narrower so they crammed in more people. The aisles were like literally one person each side. You could not have put another body in there. So getting in and out was kind of a shit show. Um, and then obviously anything above the first level and really anything on the baselines, you're pretty far away from a basketball court. I mean, it was really, I mean, if you go particularly to the, uh, the terrace, I mean, you were watching essentially from a blimp. Well, it sounds like a bit of a fire hazard, but luckily the Superdome hasn't caught on fire for <laughs> over three months now. It was, so. I was walking out on Saturday night and I'm standing next to my brother at the game and we're standing there and night to, to my right is Jim Calhoun, you know, who won mm-hmm. a pair of national championships. He's like 85 years old and he's, and we're just stuck, like stuck, like interstate stuck. Like you're just looking at cars and you're like, I don't know why we're not moving, but we're not moving. And then I look to my left and there's Drew Brees <laughs> and his wife. And then I look up a couple roads and there's Dave Portnoy. And Big Cat. And I was like, well, this is quite a scene that we've entered here. And no one's moving. So it's not as if, uh, you know, I, I'm, the, I'm the least important person in, the, uh, in this thing. And no one's moving. But thankfully, everything ended up working out. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a mess uh, of people. You were feet away from Portnoy and Drew Brees. Yes. Did you have the Polk and Kush stickers with you <laughs> I that I gave you? I should have been throwing. I should have put one on Jim Calhoun's the, on his bald spot on oh, top yeah. of his head. Put it on my great. bald spot. <laughs> you need a T-shirt cannon shooting out Polk and Kush oh, T-shirts. Oh man, we really should have done more merch. You're networking with with the stars. Yes. Who am I going to give the stickers to? I know. I'm hobnobbing with some the guy some... that sells fake weed in front of my office. <laughs> I don't see celebrities. I saw Peyton Manning running around uh, on Bourbon Street once. Yeah, you gave him a poke and cush lid. He was so large. <laughs> you always think these people aren't that large. They're huge. Yeah, I mean, there's I the just, athletes. Yeah. I just looked at him. Yeah. You know, he was wearing those, like, uh, he was wearing the sockless shoes. That's oh, what I nice. Noticed. Yes. They were aqua socks? I don't. Uh, I don't think that was it. I think they were just loafers with no socks. That's what I noticed. So that's what everybody. That's what you're wearing right now. That's what everybody at Ole Miss is going to be doing this yeah, season. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. That's that why is too for fashion. Frat boy look. Uh, where did you end up this weekend? I went to a plant show. Very similar. Uh, it was a bunch of uh, boring, stinky old hippies. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody there looked like Jill Stein. <laughs> that was one place. They had a bar set up there, and I was like, that bar is either going to make a million dollars or no dollars. Zero. Uh, is that a ticketed event? It was ticketed. How much is that? Ten, it was $10 okay, that's plus ridiculous. service fee. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But it was just service. some guy. You know, yeah. so I'm, it's like Here's a, a $10 bill. What's it, the service? Just call it the Ted fee. This yeah. guy Ted's giving me the <laughs> ticket. There's no... What service? I don't, it was at the old... Uh, it, it, it was at City Park. It was where Christmas at the Oaks normally is. So it was nice. in, the, in the gardens. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to walk around and not uh, fear being uh, mugged by eight-year-olds. <laughs> As I normally do at Christmas at the Oaks. I don't know. 
you, you have to do these things in a relationship. To yeah, that is a thing that happens from time to time. Uh, the, someone was asking me like what the crowd was like in the final four, and I was like, it was so white that the the songs that were played at the four minute mark, like so they had the bands play most of the media timeouts, but for the last media timeout of each game they would have like a different like try to get everyone singing kind of thing yeah uh can you guess what are the whitest we'd like everyone in the arena no matter who you're cheering for to dance songs are uh knock if you buck (laughs) stilettos by crime mob um (laughs) uh sweet caroline yeah uh on uh on saturday and on uh monday the ymca and it worked. All everyone was very excited. Da, da, da. <laughs> he saw everybody stand up. It was like four minutes left in the biggest game of these kids' lives. <laughs> like they're playing the YMCA. It's like this is. They found their target audience. You're here. on the front row doing the Mamba with Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> it is so absurd. They play Petey Pablo. Oh. For- uh, Sorry, and uh, the first game was "Don't Stop Believing." Oh my god! Yeah, this is this is the final four sponsored by Cats Meow. It really was just like uh, sponsored by Gold Bond medicated powder. Well, the only music at the Plant Festival was there was <laughs> someone playing a lute of some sort, <laughs> and of course, when you get an opportunity to play at a plant show on cement in the middle of the sun, you take it. <laughs> Was, Great gig. <laughs> you didn't want to do stand up out there? <laughs> I was. God. <laughs> well, speaking of plants and vegetables, we know a guy who doesn't move around a lot. His name is Zion Williamson. He is back in the news thanks to, in large part, his stepfather, uh, Lee Anderson, uh, broke the silence of the Zion camp. Uh, on Tuesday morning, he went on the Jordy Collada show, which is uh, based in Baton Rouge, mostly an LSU show. So kind of an interesting place mm-hmm. for uh, Lee to go. Uh, Jordy's a great guy, good media person, all that stuff. Uh, had uh, Zion's stepdad on and probably the closest person to Zion as far as his career. And he went on and basically said uh, Zion wants to be in New Orleans. He mm-hmm. likes the Pelicans. He's happy with Willie Green. He acknowledged uh, that there has been some tension in the past, and also he alluded to, without really saying it, that there is a difference of opinion when it comes to the current state of the medical staff. Uh, he, it sounds like he believes that Zion is ready to play, and it sounds as if the Pelicans are uh, a little cautious. And so we, that's kind of what we knew, but it was very interesting to hear it from him. Yeah, I would say this, uh, you know, came a little out of nowhere. It's yeah. been about two weeks since the Zion Dunk video mm-hmm. that I believe Jordy also broke. Yeah, so I wonder how that happened. Here that the source has been uh, shown. You know, I, I listened to this interview. There were some interesting points in Lee kind of actually saying who Zion's camp was, mm-hmm. saying like, hey, it's just family. You know, it's just me, a couple other people. There's not this whole nefarious, mysterious camp uh, yeah. that that these things are getting attributed to. Um, you know, there was a lot of fluff around it, but he yes. did make a few points about Zion wanting to be here. Um, 
And, you know, when you hear a player say something like that, you know, you think about Russell Westbrook wanting to retire in Oklahoma City. <laughs> you think about, you know. <laughs> I mean, they really, the talk is, uh, and look, I don't want to say what Lee said is bullshit. I think that would be mean and really just you're kind of irresponsible. But the talk is definitely cheap. Like, he will have an opportunity to back up those words this summer with a contract extension and all those kinds of things. People did want to hear it, and obviously people were very excited to hear those words come out of someone associated with Zion's mouth. But the talk is really cheap. Like you said, how many players can you talk about who have committed themselves and said they like a place, want to be around a place? Go read the quotes from the 2016 All-Star game with Anthony Davis and how he's the face of New Orleans and how he wants to be, you know, bring this. Like, this is just part and parcel of what comes with it. Um, So, respect for saying it, but I also remain a little skeptical, which, you know, I think that's just my nature personally. At this point, um, if... Lee has no real reason to say this other than to try and use his sway to get Zion on the court this season. That's um, that's what I that was my takeaway too. I don't think him talking about long-term New Orleans matters at all regarding this. This is very much about the here and now. This yeah. is Zion's it. This is what Zion wants at this moment, mm-hmm. and that is probably why Lee called this guy on a payphone outside of a casino. <laughs> At one Where point, was like, he? the phone was ringing. I heard him like getting yeah. a call. Was he in an elevator the whole time? I don't know like, what it was. He, they like patched in somebody selling him an extended car warranty <laughs> at some point. He, I thought it was my phone. He's like driving through a tunnel while he's like, yeah, this is the first time you're about Zion in half a year. Uh-oh, going through a tunnel. Uh... Fuck J.J. Reddick. <laughs> so, yeah, didn't address the J.J. Reddick con- uh, comments, did not address the uh, C.J. McCollum, you know, kind of, I guess, the what bubbled up out of that, uh, but did, you know, touched on the stuff that we're interested in, which is, does Zion want to be a part of this thing? Does he have a relationship with Willie Green? It does, and that he, he I think he said he came back from Portland a month earlier than expected because he wanted to be around this team. Look, I don't know what's true and what's not. Uh, I do think it's good that something was said. I am disappointed that Zion is not saying it for himself. Yeah, and uh, a lot of the response I saw on Twitter to this today was people saying, well, Zion doesn't owe you anything. Leave Zion alone. That uh, guy that was crying over Britney Spears, now he's crying over Zion. (laughs) Leave Zion alone. Um. Zion doesn't owe us anything. No. That doesn't change the fact that it's a little weird yeah. to have a stepfather call into a Baton Rouge radio show that normally covers LSU yeah. while he's driving through the Grand Canyon <laughs> to say that they really love gumbo and jambalaya. Uh, I and just, they're happy to be in New Orleans. Yeah, and I uh, so, some you know, a lot of stuff about anxiety and... Zion being introverted and all this. That's stuff that has never existed until this year. If it if it's true, which is fine. And if someone would say, come out and say Zion's having issues and whatever, he doesn't want to talk for X, Y, and Z reason, I think we'd all respect that. Instead, it's kind of like this weird, 
it's just this weird like vacuum that's not being filled in. He has the ability to talk. I've seen him do interviews. He's actually pretty good at them. Uh, I don't truly know why he's choosing silence, especially as he's allowing his stepdad to come out and kind of speak on his behalf in an effort, a very clear effort to get him back on the court. Uh, the takeaway that I had was that Lee was saying that Zion is basically ready to play. I mean, he's saying he'd be back by the end of the season. The end of the season is in like six days. So I, I don't, I don't know where the disconnect is. I mean, he hasn't practiced five on five yet. He hasn't done really any, and that that's been since September. He hasn't practiced five on five. Uh, so you would think the ramp up would take more than, you know, half a week. Uh, but maybe they think he's ready to get out there and play. It just seems really odd uh, circumstances. Well, I want to go back and touch on, you mentioned uh, Lee talked about Zion's anxiety and some other things. If he says that, I think we need to treat it as 100% true, correct. Mm -hmm. It would be uncouth and unbecoming of this age to question something like that. Uh, But... He didn't say, I am speaking for Zion. No. In, in any of this, he did not say, well, I'm sick of you guys speculating. I'm speaking for Zion right now, and this is what we have to say. Yeah. It still wound up with a lot more speculation. Yeah. And maybe Lee isn't a golden-tongued uh, speaker. Yeah. And maybe he was in the Wendy's drive-thru when he's giving <laughs> this interview, and he didn't think it was going to be speculated by so many goobers on Twitter. Yeah. But this is what's happened, and it, it seemed to... If you're really invested and really looking at every single thing that he's saying with a jeweler's eye and trying to figure out this mystery, it doesn't clear up that much because of the fluff. Yeah. And, and, and because the talk is really cheap and, and I do think some people were comforted by it and I do think it matters uh, in that regard. And look, a lot of things around this team are super positive. Uh, we're talking right now, like 30 minutes before they tip off against Sacramento. So things could be, much less positive. Isn't is it shitty that this came out while there's so much positivity around the Pelicans and there's a lot of momentum? Yeah. And people want to villainize local media uh online and otherwise for things they've said about Zion before. This is a weird time to come forward and say all that stuff when the focus is off of Zion for once. Yeah. Regarding I mean, this team's positivity. I agree. Uh, which which only lends more credence to the argument that he was doing it purposefully uh, to get the team's attention, which kind of draws, you know, back to where we were, which was saying there's a little bit of tension when it comes to, you know, Zion's camp versus the team when it were as far as medical stuff goes. Um, but yeah, there's really no like there was no reason to do this. Uh, it is good to hear. We've been wanting to hear something from someone for so long that it feels silly to knock it. Uh, but I am just so in the camp of wanting ultimate transparency. He doesn't have to talk to me. I don't give, he will never talk to me. Okay. I'm let's make this perfectly clear. That was the number one response I got from everyone who was mad at me. It was like, you're just mad. He's not talking to you. Zion Williamson will never talk to me. I know. And I don't give Oh, shit. I would just like him to talk. I want him to speak for himself 
and give us his feelings where he feels he is, his emotions. I thought what he said at media day was so interesting because it was coming from his perspective, which no one had gotten. And he seemed really eager to give his side of the story at that time. And since then, he has not given it. Uh, And this thing has gone through a lot of travail since then as far as he ramped up, he didn't come back, then he had to go to Portland, then he didn't come back, then he got accused of being a bad teammate. Like A lot of stuff has, has happened despite him not playing. So I would like to hear from him. That is all I'm saying. I would much rather hear from Zion than from his stepdad mouthpiece. And what you are saying is a wish list. It is not a demand. No. You, he doesn't have to do it. You don't think that you deserve this. You're not saying that you do. You're not saying that the Pelicans do. No. But it is a place of a free podcast that two goobers do <laughs> in a mango Bud Light themed living room. To comment on society yeah. as a whole. We are modern day <laughs> philosophers about why did Zion's dad call into this show? Yeah, man. And that's <clears throat> it's like there's always this uh, this assumption of entitlement. Yeah. Where it's like anything that it's I ever say. You're talking yeah. About. Well, if these tweets were just us at a bar talking to people, <laughs> I think everyone would be on board and go, you know what? I think there would be a lot more you know what's going on. Yeah. Well, it's like anytime you disagree with someone on the internet, you don't have to really take their argument into account at all yeah you just make a personal attack or just assume the worst take what they say uh spin it into the into the worst possible position that you can imagine and then attack that the amount of people who are just like this motherfucker doesn't like you that's why you don't like it i'm like i i am aware i'm I'm sure he doesn't even know who i am i'm like i am a part-time pelicans colonist of the podcast I am quite sure I am never getting a one-on-one with Zion, okay? I get it. Uh, I also think it would be better to hear from the source himself than from his stepdad. And I don't think that is some ludicrous demand that I'm making. It's not a demand. It's just a comment. It would be better to hear from Zion than to hear from his stepdad talking through a bullhorn over the Wendy's microphone. It doesn't like there's no reason uh, that this had to have gone on this way. But simultaneously, it (laughs) does not like he can do whatever he wants for now. There's not a great track record of players' parents speaking for them. <laughs> no, no, it very rarely works out. Uh, you know, when or you can't... anyone's parent. Once you're once you're out of college, you know, like once, like my mom, like called the dentist <laughs> for me, and they're like, "Your fucking mom's calling us. What are you, 18? And it's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "That'll never happen again." <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, just if I, he's so capable of. Of tell oh, I think everyone everyone was so eager to buy that bullshit that Lee was talking about today, and it might it could be completely truthful. I'm just saying they were so eager to 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 gobble up the very cheap talk of him being happy and everything like and great, I hope he is, but it's like no one is gonna take anything that Zion says and rip it apart as being some kind of uh of b 
beat down on the city. If it's just well, there's it's, only upside to be gained. He doesn't have to do it. He can at some point he's going to have to talk because if he's going to play another NBA game, you are required to talk after NBA games. This is uh, also a byproduct of the team doing well and a lot of positivity. Yeah, uh, when something is going well and someone says anything other than sunshine and rainbows regarding it, people yeah. are like, "Why the fuck are you being a negative fuck?" It always, always, yes. So this is ultimately a sign that things were going well. If this was if this was a year and a half ago and it was Stan Van Gundy's team and these guys were trotting out there like they were about to be shot out of a cannon <laughs> into the sea. <laughs> like they were going to work at the cinder block factory, just moving blocks back and forth. No one would give a shit if we were out there banging pots and pans in Zion's face screaming at him. No. Uh, the fact that the team is doing well yeah. and they think that this is the final puzzle. P- and not they. I do, too. Everyone thinks that. Yeah. It's very logical. Um, so you can look at it like that. Yeah. And look, this team is doing really well, notwithstanding the uh, clunker that they had against the Clippers. Uh, the Pelicans looked phenomenal uh, in late in the game against the Lakers. A tough game, a game the Lakers won it very badly. LeBron and AD both playing. Uh, the Pelicans sweep the season series against those hated Lakers. Uh, probably going to get a top ten pick out of it. Probably going to make the playoff or the you know at least the play in tournament and have a very good chance of making the playoffs. And things are just like. They're good around this team. Like, how do you not like watching CJ McCollum? How do you not like watching Jose Alvarado? How do you not like watching Herb Jones and uh, and Brandon Ingram? Like, this is a fun team, and they're not a great team, but they are a fun team and a great story considering the way they started. And yet, this thing just sort of hangs around. And on days like Tuesday, it's taking attention away from that i uh I, I don't know where you go from here i mean i guess lee's making the case uh that he should play and look no one wants to see him play more than us i would it would be a great thing to talk about if zion actually shows up for one of these last uh two games not to mention plays in the play-in or the, the actual playoffs everybody around there is saying that he's looking better he's getting healthier all those sorts of things it just seems like it's a little late in the game for any of that and so pardon me for being skeptical on that front absolutely well we've got a lot more show a little saints a little nola a little everything we'll be right back Hail on Oak, everybody. That's right, your favorite bar, my favorite bar, everybody's favorite patio bar in uptown New Orleans, Louisiana. What a beautiful place to be in this spring. Uh, impossible to find a more inviting atmosphere than what they've got over at Ale. Uh, 30 beers on draft, full menu, beer, food. What more do you want, asshole? It's uh, I like Ale on Oak because it's easy to park around there. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's a good date area. You can go around and catch music, go to a coffee shop, go to a bookshop, have a whole night. There's a weed shop down the street. Yeah. There's a seafood place. There's Giacomo's. There's, there's everything around there. This is the Ale District now. Yes. This is the Ale on Oak District. Go to Ale on Oak. 
Have a night on the town, begin it at ale, end it at ale. Yep. See what happens. Everything is there, what you'd want. A wonderful place, wonderful employees. And hey, they're going to have the NBA on. Uh, The Pelicans, not only their last couple games, plus the play-in tournament. And then guess what, guys? The playoffs. And they're going to actually have the games on. Mm -hmm. They're going to know what channel it's on. It's already, you don't have to ask anybody. You don't have to be like, hey, why is Billiards on right now? The (laughs) NBA playoffs are on with a team from New Orleans. They are going to have it there. Uh, It is beautiful weather right now, as everyone knows. And there cannot be a better place to sit outside, have some beers, have dinner, and watch your favorite teams. You are going to want to go to Ale on Oak. This weekend, I, I went to a, a popular sports bar. Okay. And the Pelicans were uh, playing, and they uh, they had snooker on all the TVs. <laughs> and I was like, hey, can you guys put on the Pelicans? They're like, what's that? And I was like, it's New Orleans NBA team. And they're like, we don't have an NBA team. And then I went to Ale. And there it was. On every screen. Every screen. And everybody's breaking down the game. Yeah, I had my Oculus Rift. I put it on. <laughs> then I'm in the game at Ale. All the women were supermodels, and they <laughs> thought I was cool. It was great. It was like the ending of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the Hawaiian Tropic Bikini Contest was they going there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to check it out, Ale on Oak. Uh, also coming up in the next couple of weeks, the NFL uh, draft. This is a thing that men like to watch on television. Oh yeah, uh, one of those things that you know every uh, every trope of men and uh, the ways you can make fun of the male species. And it's like, oh yeah, the NFL draft shows just what simple-minded loggerheads we really are. <laughs> that we care about the NFL draft because it is a. Uh, a three-night television event, and the Saints seem like they are uh, priming themselves up uh, to be a main player. If you did not see, uh, the Saints have traded for an additional first-round pick uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got number 16, correct, Paul? 16 and 19? I think they had. I think they added 16 this year. They traded their 18th overall pick and a third-round pick at 101. And then some stuff in the future. Okay. We know how the future is handled in New Orleans. We're not going to think about it. <laughs> yeah, that someone else's problem. I did see Jeff Duncan uh, tweeted like, the Saints are just assuming they'll get picks for Sean Payton at some point where he goes to the Cowboys. It's like, sure. <laughs> just spend it now. <laughs> Put it on the credit card. Let's see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Saints seem like they are uh, eyeing away to add a bunch of talent very quickly. So having two first-round picks also uh, seems like you are positioning. The Saints seem like they're positioning themselves to move way up in the draft and go get themselves a quarterback. That would not be surprising either. That would be surprising. You think it'd be surprising now? I would be surprised. Yeah? I don't know if people who pay attention would be. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know, but like, it does feel like they're trying to do something. Like They're not going to just sit around and be 7 and 10 or whatever. I don't think they have any interest in doing that. No, I don't think they do either uh, because so much of the team now, especially coaching, is is bleed over from the Sean Payton era. Yeah. These guys want to win just as much as Sean did. They mm-hmm. just weren't in a position to go live in Kokomo yet. Yeah, exactly. So they, they, they're going to want to win now. They've got the 16 and the 19 okay. and the 194. Yeah. The sweet 
pick. <laughs> We're going to get, you know, Francis the talking mule. He's going to kick field goals for the team. Uh, the Saints have some big needs. Tackle, uh, receiver, quarterback, safety. Yeah. Interior. There's a lot of positions where they're not that good, which makes Water me boy, wonder <laughs> why they're trying so hard to, like, cash in now and like try like I, maybe um i don't like i don't think Jameis winston is all that good i don't think the offensive line is all that good i don't think the defense is certainly the secondary is all that good right now so it's like i don't really see the window that i guess the saints are seeing if they think that they can like reload now if they have a quarterback that they really like uh that they think is going to go in the top five and they're going to package some picks and maybe a player or something uh and go do that i understand that a lot more uh but i mean it'd be really weird if they just signed Jameis this deal and then went and got a rookie quarterback who's not going to play yeah i you know who who are the top quarterback guys that they're looking at cody pickett i believe is in there the dude from liberty who throws the ball like 80 yards yeah, but he's at Liberty. Yeah. Uh, well, he was somewhere else before. He just really liked Jesus, probably. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, you know, this is a good draft breakdown that we're doing. Uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there. I don't know who they are. I just find it to be really like... I, I, I could get on board of the vision of like they went and got a, a quarterback and that's what they're trying to do now. Like, I, I think that would be fun. That would be like turning the page. It could be. I'd like that more than them taking pick first rounders at 16 and 18 that are like building supposed to fill pieces gaps. around quarterbacks that are trusted in the system. Jameis Winston, Ian yeah. Book. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's still on the team. Hey, probably he's, uh, you know, he's making copies. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're that close. It would be really weird for me to think that they traded next year's first rounder, which could easily be uh, a better pick because this team could easily be bad. And then you're like, look at it. Did you give away the, a top 10 pick in the draft so that you could move up to 16 uh, this year? I don't know. They're, it just seems curious unless they think they are something that I don't. And that's certainly possible. But uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily like a risky move, but it is a curious one, and it just kind of sets up for a m much more interesting draft, which I think is in three weeks. The Saints currently have seven picks in the 2022 draft. Um, two of those are in the first round, of course. I guess just history with the Saints shows that they're probably going to do something with it. Yeah. They're probably going to do something crazy in last second. They like to move up. I think the position is the question that they're they're going to fill. Uh, receivers, you know, stuff is still pretty quiet on that end. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins has retired since the uh -huh. last episode of the podcast, and we've had uh, Tyron Matthew is in New Orleans. Yeah. So they might be able to fill, you know, those safety spots because I think they signed the, the Sorensen from Kansas City. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, Tyron Matthews seems like he'd be kind of a perfect fit uh, to replace what they need back there. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, it, it does make for an interesting few weeks. I mean, I think that's as much as we can really say for the Saints right now. Well, Tyron Matthew is here. 
Yeah, he's like wants to play for the Saints too. He's, it's pretty obvious. He's wearing black and gold, yeah. going into the gym. He's his dad's here. Yeah, maybe he'll call into a show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he grew up here. He went to Saint Aug, and he went to LSU. It's like he is as New Orleans as New Orleans gets. Uh, I think that's an opportunity for him, even more so than Odell. Um, even though they had very similar paths, Odell went to Newman and then LSU. Uh, I've always thought Tyron was probably the most LSU guy um, in the NFL. Like he seemed to rep it the hardest him and Leonard Fournette uh, both. And so there's just something about that. I think it would be really cool. I think that's, that's something that as he's gotten later in his career, it's probably something that while he's still productive, good player, it would be uh, impactful for him. I think it'd be really special for the city to have a guy who represents it that hard, uh, you know, wearing a fleur de it would be fun, and, you know, LSU doesn't have a huge history with the Saints, no. especially knowing it at Tyron's level. He's been in the league for a long time, but he's remained relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has championship experience, and bringing him back would be a, uh, a boon for the Saints. And yeah. It, it would just be fun, too. Absolutely. Now, fun I have player. no idea how the cap works, so. No. But Let's, I assume they can make it happen. We could speculate wildly on it if you want to. <laughs> We're pretty good at that. I don't We're know. pretty good at that. But uh, he's going to come back to this crazy city we call New Orleans. That's right, everyone. It's the NOLA Breakdown. It's the It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and you put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> There's always a lot of uh, odds and ends happening in the city. It can get kind of overwhelming. So let's let's keep it a little lighthearted. Sure. Maybe light and hearted is the wrong thing for this story because it's mostly about mayonnaise. <laughs> There's a mayonnaise thief. Spin me a tale about mayonnaise, Mr. Polk. There's a mayonnaise thief in our midst. Sure, we've dealt with carjackings, with burglaries, why people have been stealing almost everything in this city that isn't nailed down. (laughs) But the one thing I thought we could rely on, trusty old blue plate mayo. Sure, that's the one you want. Not even that. There was an inflatable, giant inflatable <laughs> jar of mayonnaise at Hogs for the Cause. Uh-huh. Just hanging out, you know, telling people to get mayonnaise. You know, whenever you're walking around, you're like, man, I really could use uh, some kind of like egg-based goo to put in a sandwich. <laughs> and you're like, but uh, that doesn't exist. And then you look in the distance and see a floating, arm-waving uh, <laughs> mayonnaise balloon. You go, oh, yeah, mayonnaise. <laughs> I remember That'll you. go great with these ribs I'm eating at Hogs <laughs> for the Cause. Uh, someone stole <laughs> the giant inflatable mayonnaise, and obviously this got online. People are weeping in the streets. Bring back the giant inflatable mayonnaise. Well, the thieves' hearts were touched, and they returned a deflated mayonnaise to a mid-city firehouse with a note 
saying we're sorry. We just really like mayonnaise. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy! Is the, it was the Grinch? Is that uh, his heart grew his, three his sizes? His heart hardened three <laughs> times because of the mayonnaise. It was. It's the only condiment in which you get to use the word slathered. So I do. I've always enjoyed that about mayonnaise. Yeah, that was a one of one. There was yeah. really nothing you could have done if you put that in your backyard. People are going to know that you stole it. You know, that's that's not a uh, you know an accoutrement you can just have around your house. What's the statute of limitations? What is it? Ten years? Fifteen years? For possession to be like of, where you can't get tried of an inflatable object. Of an inflatable object. Uh, well, I've seen the movie Double Jeopardy a couple times, and my thought is that if you have it for about sixty-five minutes uh, without them realizing it, that it would probably be yours. All right, I've been. <laughs> Privy to someone that stole an inflatable uh, promotional item before. Okay. There was a video store that had a giant inflatable gorilla on it. <laughs> a suspect. Uh, a f- my Very handsome. <laughs> no, this is my friend's brother. Okay. Uh, my friend's brother stole a giant inflatable gorilla off the roof of Video Giant when we were in middle school. And he, you can't just like, you don't blow these things up like a pool toy. It yeah. has like a little motor or yeah. whatever. But he stole the motor too. So he could blow it up in his backyard. So he has like this fucking 20 foot gorilla in his backyard. And we're, you know, you just look at it. You can't do anything with it. No. And then, like, of course, it's on the news that somebody, you know, stole <laughs> Chuckles from the video giant. And then he just took it. He just took it back and threw it out. <laughs> so this is a stolen item that gets returned with a 100% success rate. Apparently. Yeah. Once you have, if, you're, if it's branded, you're in good shape. If it's just a wacky inflatable arm man. You got nothing. Yeah, you could use that for birthday. Yeah. The mayonnaise is short-sighted. Also, conspiracy theory, maybe Blue Plate did this. Oh, that's true. We're talking about Blue Plate. Free advertising yeah. for the Riley Foods Company. It's funny they returned it to a firehouse like it was a baby they found in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, what are you going to do, throw it out at Rouse's? Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a note on it, too. We're so sorry. We hope we didn't harm anyone in the process of stealing this fake mayonnaise. I don't know. So your theories on the mayonnaise jar are welcome. If you stole it, you're welcome on the show at any time. Yes, we would like to to interview the mayonnaise. Thief. You know, let us know. Um, but some people, victims of crime, no more. They're taking it into their own hands. Uh-huh. Mid-city man ties up a trespasser at his home and gets a haircut while waiting for the police. <laughs> <laughs> what a hero. Did you give this guy a key to the city? This is we've we've got a few heroes in this segment. Uh this guy, let's see, a New Orleans man apprehended a trespasser inside his mid city home. He said he had no choice other than to tie him up to a post until the police got there. Sure. Using half a ratchet strap, some electrical wire, and other construction-related items, Eric Hernandez, 45, bound the intruder against a set of outdoor steps around noon. They have a photo of this guy. He's Uh a tweaker. (laughs) He looks... The original photos had his big, crazy white face on it. And yeah. the ones in the paper, they like blacked out his face. Isn't that? I thought that was so strange. Like, leave like, him up. Yeah, they like blurred out his face. I was like, is that a thing? I was like, 
Don't we take mug shots and put those in the papers? Like, what are we doing here? Are you worried that this tweaker, this guy looks like Rickety Cricket from Always and Sunny. I mean, it's a dead ringer for Rickety Cricket. Do you think he's going to sue you <laughs> for what, graham crackers? He doesn't have any money. He looks like he eats beans straight out of the can. <laughs> American hero Eric Hernandez tied this guy up at noon and then waited 90 minutes for police to arrive. In the meantime, he got a haircut. Did he go to the barber? That's Did he awesome. cut his own hair in front of the guy? That's just great. What a power move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shave while you sit there. I, I guess this guy might work in construction or something. He dashed home and there was a man rummaging through his toolbox. Eric called 911 foolishly. Yes. 911, you know, put him on hold. It played uh, Paul Anka music for half an hour. And then Eric said, you know what? This is horse shit. I'm just going to tie this twig goober up himself. Uh-huh. Uh, he overpowered and bound the man, whom he estimated to be 5'5", 140 pounds. Oof. I don't think that's correct, but I, I like that he's getting the dig in. I like that Eric is like, you know what? This little... Let's see. I'm gonna... he, he was. He's like what? Five three. He failed to mention he was in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, uh, who practiced martial arts and measures five eight, three hundred pounds, was asked whether he had tied anyone up before. Eric Hernandez said no comment. Five eight, three hundred pounds doing karate is a great image. Man, this guy's a bulldog. <laughs> Can he be mayor? Eric, we know you listen to the show. Can you run for mayor? And then starting backcourt for the Pelicans next year is Lee Avant-Garde and this guy. And that I think I think it's a huge uh, upgrade. Uh, five, eight, 300 pounds is a brick shithouse. I've ever heard of one. <laughs> I mean, don't worry. Happy New Orleans ending. The police showed up and arrested Eric for Stopping crime. <laughs> They're like, hey, you're not supposed to do that. You're not the Batman. I guess the police finally showed up. There was a long line at rallies, they said. <laughs> they got there and were like, well, you already did it. What are we supposed to do? And then they left. <laughs> it said they took him into custody and then they reclassified the incident as a mental disturbance, even though he was in somebody's home going through his stuff. And had to be physically detained. Yeah. Maybe you should have just waited the hour and a half for them to arrive. The man was taken away for further evaluation. That means he was let go by the truck stop <laughs> in West Wego. They just let him out. It's like Ernest T. Bass from the Andy Griffith Show. And he will be carjacking someone in no time. <laughs> So that was fun. He'll still be, his arms will still be bound while he's carjacking someone. I, I, I saw something, because this story was originally on like Nextdoor or Facebook or something, and I believe, I am speculating, but I, I believe Eric said that the police like took his shit, like took his like ratchet strap and like the electrical cord that he used to tie that guy up. Yeah. So, so this guy just lost like 18 bucks. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's why you shouldn't get broken into. That's his fault. Uh, <laughs> according to the police. <laughs> according to the police. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, a slightly different uh, note, uh, but equally ludicrous, in my opinion. Uh, from NOLA.com, uh, Ben Myers wrote, uh, Developer wants to build a 100-home subdivision. Well, that sounds nice. Near the former Six Flags in New Orleans East. 
I'm sure everyone's dying to get in there. Oh, my Lord. A hundred homes are being built, planned on three dozen acres of vacant land in New Orleans. Can you believe there's vacant land in New Orleans East? Uh, so this guy, James Smith, uh, who is apparently running a Ponzi scheme, according to this, uh, 116 homes uh, on the property located near I Interstate 510 and Chef Mentor Highway, just south of the Eastover neighborhood. Uh Quote, the homes are beautiful, said Don Abair, uh, chairperson of the East New Orleans Neighborhood Advisory Commission, a group that listens to people endlessly talk about getting their homes broken into. Uh, this is uh, this is insane. I mean, truly, you're going to build 116 houses on the plot of land down the street from the abandoned Six Flags that's been abandoned for 20 years? Well, they filmed Jurassic Park there for a little while. <laughs> they did. Uh, is there a single functioning business in New Orleans East? The, the good thing about this is none of the houses have to have a garage because all of the cars <laughs> have been stolen. They're going to have a little trolley system around the neighborhood. I mean, they're going to have a great playground because all the tires that are already in the air. No, this is good. This is good. Put, oh, some, put something in New Orleans East. It's definitely good. It's just going to fail, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is this has all the trappings of a person who's like, all right, so here's what the average home price is in New Orleans. This is really close to New Orleans. We can just build 115 homes, and if we get anywhere near this average home price, we're going to be doing great. And it's like, no, you need to go to New Orleans East because there's really nothing there. There's no businesses. Nothing exists. There's a couple car dealerships, and I think that's about it. And uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it's a tough sell to put 115 houses next to almost nothing. God, if he does it, this man deserves the Medal of Honor uh, and a developer of the year by developers magazine. Uh, because if this works out, I will be uh, totally amazed. I feel like we hear about one of these things every couple of years. Like we're going to take an abandoned plot of land uh, on the West bank and we're going to turn to this. And then they get there and they put like one nail into one plank <laughs> and then it gets stolen within like 14 seconds. Like, all right, well, we're done with this project. Yeah, They usher Jimmy Carter out <laughs> yeah. of the picture real quick. Remember they were going to build a skyscraper, like a Trump skyscraper on Poydras. It was like that didn't, I don't think they literally got a piling in the ground before they decided to cancel that. They got a lot of it up, but then they took it down <laughs> to help with the wall. They took the materials over there. <laughs> so it went to something. <laughs> like you're still What's like, going to happen with the Six Flags place is they will build the 116 houses and then they're going to sell them all to Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll just be like bachelor parties out there that don't know where they are. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you can take an Uber out there. It'll take, uh, you know, 40 minutes and uh, and you can't get one to possibly show up. But other than that, um, no, man, it is uh, it is. It is really something, uh, the idea that, that someone's going to do it. You know, God God willing, it works. If it works, I'll be the first guy to be standing there cheering for it. But you going to buy a place out there? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Uh, the, the, the quote here is great that ends it. This is the guy from uh, one of the neighborhood uh, groups. 
Uh, Charbonnet said an industrial park is probably a better use of this property, but it's long past time to give up on that idea because no industry wants to move here. Mm. Charbonnet said the city should embrace anyone who wants to go here. Quote, you don't have a long line of people who are thinking about investing out here, so why not? <laughs> At least they're honest. Finally, a little honesty. <laughs> uh... uh <laughs> So that takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this year program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb. The worst. It's the worst thing I saw or read this week. Send them in, paulconkush at gmail.com. This is from some website. It's real. <laughs> it's real. www. It's a TV, uh, it's a TV place. <clears throat> this happened in uh, Colfax, Louisiana. Woman accused of stealing car to spring boyfriend from Louisiana jail. Mm. A Louisiana woman attempted to gain her boyfriend's freedom, (laughs) slipped up, and found herself behind bars instead. (laughs) Elena Cole, 21, of Homa, is accused of stealing the car she drove to bond her boyfriend out of a Grand Parish jail. (laughs) According to deputies, Cole admitted that she stole the vehicle. She is being charged with illegal possession of stolen things. <laughs> Quote, unquote, stolen things. It's very technical language in the HOMA uh, charter that they have there. Yeah, they've got Officer Doofy from Scary Movie <laughs> filling out the reports. Hey, did you steal some stuff? Well, that's not good. It wasn't a giant inflatable mayonnaise, was it? The, okay, so he was getting out of jail. She wasn't, like, driving the stolen Ford Fiesta to, like, crash through the wall and get him out of there. He wasn't, like, saving Silverman where Coach backs up the truck into the jail no. to open up the wall. This man was walking out of the jail of his own accord. Yeah, that seems he like... He had a- gone to prison for bootlegging Pokemon <laughs> cards. And she was coming to get him out so they could go open the vape store back up. Uh, that is really a... Uh quite a maneuver to be like i just need to run to the jail real quick i need to borrow a car i uh, no one will let me borrow the car so i guess i'll just steal this one and take it to the jail she, i mean i guess it's convenient they don't have to really ship you off very far once you get there. she was arrested at the jail so she didn't get a chance to borrow the car maybe she would have <laughs> borrowed it and returned it we don't know oh so she was already at the jail and they just needed to ride home this 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 day was about second chances, and she didn't get hers. Uh, that there's just there's real poetry in that. That's like a, a William Faulkner novel. Like, there's, I mean, the Jesse Brooks who wrote this for Fox Eight said, "Love stories aren't always conventional." <laughs> That's the same way they let off with the mayonnaise story, too, oddly enough. (laughs) I mean, it's true poetry of, like, I need to get you home so badly that I will steal a car for you. And I know how bad jail is, but I'm willing to risk it. They've got her mug shot. She kind of looks like Adele. Pre, uh, like, big Adele or little Adele? I meant the computer. Oh. (laughs) 
No, she looks like... <laughs> That's uh, your dad joke of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does have a big boxy face. <laughs> looks like it would have been popular about 20 years ago. Jesus. You think any of these people ever listen to the show? I don't think these people know what a podcast is. Grant Parish. What do they have in Grant Parish? Fireworks stands? I mean, if you told me, I've lived here almost my whole life. If you were like, where's Grant Parish? I, and gave me a map of Louisiana, I would throw a dart. I have no goddamn idea. Grant Parish is near uh, Pineville and Alexandria. Okay. So that's Senla? Yeah. Yeah. Not an area I go very often. Well, the Dairy Queen has red beans. <laughs> That's all I know about it. So wait, I thought you said this happened in Homa. This happened in Alexandria? I don't. Maybe the jail was. It happened in Grant Parish. Okay. In Colfax. Oh, Colfax, Louisiana. Where'd you get Homa from? I thought you said Homa. Enthralling podcasting (laughs) happening right now. Anyway, if you were wondering what's in Grant Parish, there's a woman that stole a car. This is the problem with car theft in a small town. It's like, hey, that's Cheryl's car. You know, they know who it is. Yeah, I mean, here, she could have done that. No one would have cared. No. Maybe she's from here. And she just assumed (laughs) that if you steal a car, they'll never know. Yeah, she's like, I learned it from you. (laughs) I know someone recently who had their car stolen in New Orleans, and they have like a yeah, you know, all these cars are like GPS on them now. Mm-hmm. Like you literally on your phone, it shows you where your car is. And he's like sending screenshots to the police. Like, hey, well, we'll get there at some point. It's like driving out to various parts of the city. Like, can you please go get my car? I will give you the address of exactly where my car is right now. Like, hey, well, we'll call. And it took like six days to finally go get it. New Orleans is the only place where the police will leave you on read. <laughs> Meanwhile, in, in Grant County or Grant Parish, they're uh, they're arresting people at the jail. Well, there's nine people there. They they know who it is. Very impressive. I don't know. I so, think we should move this podcast to Alexandria. Let's do it. We'll cover Louisiana <laughs> College. Can't be worse. <laughs> All right, everyone. This was a fun one. This is Paul and Kush. Every review, every subscription, and every friend you tell does us a world of good. Thank you to our sponsors, Ale on Oak. And if you're still signing up for DraftKings, please use promo code Polk and Kush. I am Andrew Polk. That is Scott Kushner. Find him on Twitter at Scott D. Kushner. And I am Polk and Kush. We'll see you next time. See ya!